0: I like that. Rightnow.org. Right now. Making right choices begins right now. You see, you can't go back and change wrong choices. And many of us, we live in the remorse of wrong choices. You can't go back and change wrong choices. Making right choices begin right now. That's why I like that. Rightnow.org. And we do. We make our choice and then we become our choice. Matt's emphasized that. We saw that in the first screen. I liked it, or that first video. I liked it in that first video, it says, will you be a cynic or will you be a builder? Now stop and think about that. It doesn't make any difference whether you're working at one of these places in our area, whether you go to church, whether you're in a family. Will you be a cynic or will you be a builder? See, making right choices begins right now. You can't go back and change your wrong choices. You can't go back and make wrong choices different. They were there. All you can do is right now make right choices. And, and some of you listen. Super Bowl's tonight and you've made the wrong choice. You're rooting for the Seahawks. I've got my orange and blue on. Broncos. Okay? Broncos. And so you can begin making a right choice right now and deciding that you're going to root for the Broncos tonight, say? Okay? Some of you think that's silly. Hey, i tell you what, I so appreciate being here, getting this opportunity to talk to you this morning, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bible has to say to us, but I want to tell you, I enjoyed watching our people. Some of you just hurry in, you get your coffee and popcorn, and we do want that, and water, and, and the flavored drinks, all those, and that's what we got them for. But boy, watching the people watching the people who go out and just help, help, help. I mean, I saw people throwing cases of water at folks to catch and move around, okay? But the people who are helping, the people who are helping, you people who work in preschool, I so appreciate that, and kids rock. You know, this morning we had somebody had a water pipe break and they couldn't be here to help in preschool, and, and I just mentioned it to somebody and they said, yeah, I'll help. And let me tell you, if you're a parent, you ought to work in child, in the kids rock or in preschool at least once a month. Don't trust somebody else. Just take care of your children. Help out. Because we always need people. But, but connection, connection always has people who are trying to help people. And as a pastor watching that, I so, I so appreciate that. But you know what I think is greater than the pastor who watches that? Is our Father in heaven who watches us. And he sees it's not about me, it's about my relationship with God's family and how I can serve. Well, we're going to talk about making choices in just a little bit. But before we do, I'd like for you to pick up your worship handout, if you have it, and turn to the middle inside page. It's got that bold white print on the dark background Second worship begins next Sunday. I want to call attention to that. You'll want to look at that. Don't miss what I'm talking about, okay? Next Sunday, February 9th, 4.30. We have, in the afternoon, we have a second worship, okay? It's going to be identical as much as we can make it to the first. But I want you to look on down. It says morning worship. That's this worship. We'll begin at 10 a.m. instead of 10.30 next week, okay? So if you come at 10.30... Okay, you're going to be a half hour late. And so we're going to start at 10 o'clock in the morning and 4.30 in the afternoon. As close as we can make them identical, that's what we want to do. You do want to read this information. People who come in the morning to get things ready, they need to be here at 9 o'clock. We've told, said before, come at 9.30, you need to come at 9 o'clock. And then if you do something else in the morning, you need to adjust your time for that, okay? Okay. Let me say about the 4.30 worship. You can see about the 4.30 p.m. worship, I want you to read that underlined bold part. There will not be any preschool or kids rock in the 4.30 worship. Not until we have people who say, I'll volunteer. I'll volunteer. So realize if you say, boy, this is great. I don't have to get my kids up early. On Sunday morning, we can come in the afternoon and we can be there. Just realize they're going to be in here with us. Okay? Until people volunteer. We will not have refreshments, okay? Until people volunteer. The band will start out with what we have until people volunteer, okay? We're just going to make that 4.30 a possibility, but we need to develop it. And so if you're willing to help and you haven't been helping, then you can think about that. You can talk to myself. You can talk to Matt. But we're going to start that next Sunday. So you want to make... You'll only remember that because especially starting at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, okay? i tell you what, today we're going to talk about Jesus and Judas and we're going to look at choices, okay? But I first want you to understand this, because we live in a time where people always are saying, I'm a victim. I'm a victim to my parent, I'm a victim to somebody in my family, I'm a victim, I'm a victim because they said this. We're always looking as if we're a victim. And I want you to know, as we look at Judas and Jesus, you must understand they weren't victims. They weren't victims. You've got to realize that about both of them. They made their choice. And as we look at them today, I want you to understand, they made their choice. Jesus made His choice. Judas made His choice. And the reason I call attention to that, because you make your choice. You do. You make the choice. We like to blame someone else. You know, it's, it's my boss. It's my supervisor. It's the economy. See, we like to blame and say, I'm a victim. And we're going to look today. And this is a great thing about looking at Jesus' life in the Gospel. He comes, He encounters people. And when he encounters people, they have to make some kind of choice. And that's what he does today. You're here. You're being encountered by the Lord. The Spirit of God will speak to us. And you have to make a choice. You're not a victim. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying. Somebody's not been treated the wrong way. Somebody's not done something to you. Somebody's not been disloyal to you. Somebody refused to continue to love you. And so that hurt you. But you see, you make choices in regard to what happens in life. And often, if you only see yourself with a victim mentality, you continue to feel the pain of what happened in the past. And I want us to see today, as we look at Jesus and as we look at Judas, that they are not victims. They made a choice. And so do you and I. If you have those worship handouts, look on that page where we have for sermon notes. It has the date. February the 2nd. Look at that first blank if you would. I've got about Judas because he's the main character in the passage we're going to look at today. And if you want to fill in that blank, you can. Judas made a choice. Judas became a product of his choice. We all do. And I encourage you to fill this out. I encourage you, the Scriptures are written on here, the locations later this week to open up your Bible, look through the Scriptures, look through this, and let God speak to you again. Because I believe He will challenge some people in their thoughts today. The problem is you will leave afterwards and you will get so involved in that life, you'll forget it. And so you need a repetition experience. You need to sit and you need to read the scriptures and go over this again. And you need to think, how did God speak to me on Sunday morning about this for my life? But Judas made a choice and he became a product of his choice. And every one of us does. You see, I can decide to smile or I can decide to frown. I can decide to sing or I can decide not to sing. I can decide to take advantage of you or I can decide not to take advantage of you. I can decide my life is in the crapper or I can decide, you know, my life has great possibility. It's a choice. It's a choice. And some of you have come here. And today, life doesn't seem so great. And it isn't, maybe. Because of other people. Because of situations out of your control. But you make a choice. Judas made a choice. You're going to see as we go through this, he became a product of that choice. And we all do. Now parents ought to understand this. Anybody with some age that's dealt with children ought to, understand that, ought to understand this because often we tell our kids, you know, you need to stop thinking about that. You see, they make a choice to dwell on it and they're not happy. And we try to tell them, you need to stop dwelling on that. You need to move on. In other words, you're telling them you've got to make a different choice. And as I said at the beginning, the right choice, making right choices begins right now. You can't go back and change wrong choices. You can't go back and change the wrong choices that someone else made. You can't go back and change the wrong choices that you might have made. But you can decide right now to make the right choice. Look on the screen. Look at this scripture here, Acts 1. Because we're going to look at Luke in Luke a little bit, but look at Acts 1. To take the place in this ministry and leadership that Judas threw away in order to go his own way. Now, now, I don't have a lot of time explaining that. What it was, they were choosing somebody to take Judas's place in the original 12, okay? To be with them. And so to take the place in this ministry and leadership that Judas had. But look what it says. That Judas threw away. See, he made a choice. To throw away the opportunity to be involved in place of ministry and leadership. Why did he throw it away? Look at the Scriptures. This is what God says. Why did he throw it away? Can somebody tell me? To go his own way. Don't talk to me, pastor. I'm going to do what I want to do. Don't talk to me, wife or husband. I'm going to do what I want to do. Don't talk to me, friend. I'm going to do what I want to do. Judas, Judas, threw away. His opportunity because he decided to do what he wanted to do. It didn't make any difference what God would want, what the Lord Jesus would want. Judas threw away his opportunity that was there before him. Why? Because he decided to do his own thing and not do God's thing. And you and I throw away opportunities. And some of us, we're moving into another decade of life and we're still losing out on the potential that God intended for our life because we continue to throw away the opportunity, the potential God has for us because we're going to do our own thing. Come on, if you've been in connection since we've been here only six months, but if you've been in connection since we've been in existence, since 2007, what, eight years ago, We've seen people come. We've seen people come since we've been in this building. And boy, they will communicate. Man, I like it. That speaks to me. I can relate. And they'll come one week, two weeks, a month, and then they make a choice. They don't come anymore. Connection didn't change. You see, they become a product of their choice, and their choice has always been to start and then stop in relationship to God and church. There's people who come to connection. They're only going to be with us one year, two years. You know why? Why? Because every church in their history, they've only lasted two, three years. You see, they make a choice. Judas had an opportunity. Jesus encountered him. And Judas decided, I'm going to throw away this opportunity because I'm going to do my own thing. Look, that's what you and I do. God is encountering you through connection. God is encountering you through His Word. God is encountering through the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Because God wants you to reach your potential. But if you're not careful, as time passes, you'll go back to your choice. Because that's where you feel comfortable. And you become a product of that choice. And what happened one year ago, three years ago, five years ago, happens to you in a year. Three years. In five years. And you say... How come it always happens to me? This isn't fair. It's because of my parents. It's because of the economy. It's because I'm getting old. Why does it always happen to me? And we're a poor victim. And what we are, we're just a product of our choice. You see, Satan, Satan watches everything that God is doing. And he watched these 12 guys because Jesus is going to leave this earth, and He's going to leave it in the hands of His followers empowered by His Holy Spirit just as He leaves it in our hands today. If you want, if you want this area changed, God has put it in your hands as you and I are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And what, what Satan saw is that Judas was tempted by his own way, his own desire, his own thoughts, the way he thinks things ought to be done. And Satan, now listen to me, Satan will always bring people into our experience who will, listen, empower our ways, our thoughts, our ideas that aren't what God wants. And that's what he did with Judas. Satan brought people into the experience with Judas that would make it possible for him to do his own thing and not God's thing. Look, look at the screen again. Matthew tells us this. It says, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests. See, these are the guys who don't like Jesus. What's he doing going to the guys who don't like Jesus? That's like you saying, I want to get rid of my addiction. Why are you hanging out with the people who have the addictions? That's like you saying, I don't want to cut myself anymore. Why do you hang out with people who think like cutters? Hang out with me. Hang out with people in CR. That's like saying I don't like to be angry. Then why do you hang out with people that fuel your anger? Why do you why do you get into political talks or or, inter- or or Facebook conversations? It just makes you mad. Why hang out with those who funnel? If if you know you ought to serve God, why hang out with those people who'd rather hunt than serve God? If you know you ought to serve God, why do you hang out with those people who tell you let's not be involved in God's activities? See, here's what happened. Satan knows Judas is struggling. He's given this opportunity with Jesus. But Judas is struggling with doing his own thing. So he puts him with people who don't like Jesus. Now let's go on, verse 15. And they asked, how much, or he asked them, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. And from that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. And Satan will do the same thing to you and I. Satan will put us with people. Sometimes they're Christian people, but they're just not listening to what God wants. Satan will put us with people who will offer us the opportunity to make the wrong choice. And often they're not Christian people. They're not followers of Jesus. And Satan puts us, he does that through local news, he does that through programming, he does that through people who are around, and he gets us with people who may, helps us justify doing the wrong thing. And they gave Judas the opportunity. And so he took that opportunity to betray Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you what happens. When you, when you take the opportunity to make the wrong choice, Okay, and boy, it's, it, I can't give you enough illustrations. Uh, I ought to be faithful, I'm going to be unfaithful. I ought to be loyal, I'm going to be unloyal. I ought to be trustworthy, I'm going to be untrustworthy. I mean, gosh, how many people say, I'll work and they never show up, see? I'm, I'm, I'll be their mom and dad, and then I'm not their mom and dad. See? In other words, what happens when you make the wrong choices? Listen. Is that what happens, because we say it's all about me, so I can do what I want. See, my own thing? What happens is that we experience a great deal of turmoil in our life. Course, we blame mom and dad, we blame the church, we blame the economy, we blame the president, we blame everybody else. But when we make wrong choices, now listen to me, and you know this is true, I'm not making this up. This comes from my experience in life of making wrong choices. When we make the wrong choices, we then experience a great amount of turmoil in our life. Now listen, and from that turmoil, what we end up doing is hurting people we love, and in the end, we hurt ourselves. Am I telling the truth? Is there any amen to this? That's what wrong choices do. See, Judas is saying, I can do my own thing. God tried to help us understand what He said. He gave up His opportunity that was His. Because He did His own thing. And that's what you and I do. I don't like to hear this from the pastor. I don't like to hear this from my mate. I don't like to hear this from my friend. I don't like to hear this in a connect group. See, I don't want anybody telling me I'm making wrong choices. But you know their wrong choices Because What they do, they turn you to the place where you experience the inner turmoil that causes you then to hurt the people you love and in turn to hurt yourself. Well, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to what book? Luke. Luke, the 22nd chapter. We're going to finish the 22nd chapter and all we have is the 23rd and 24th. Okay? That's all we have. And then we're all going to go to heaven. Okay? I appreciate some of you. Some of you laugh. Some of you go, Smart Alec. But we're all going to go to heaven. Okay? No, we're not. God has a mission for connection. Okay? Luke, 22nd chapter. If you have those New Testaments, page 73. Now, before we go on, would you bow with me? Father, Father, Help us. We need it. God, there's so many things in that world and in our minds that want to cause us not to concentrate. And Father, we ask you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would help us to hear the truth. But we're going to work on that. Because we're going to have to make the choice to hear the truth. God, help us to realize Satan's going to tell us, nah, you don't need to hear this. We ask you help us to hear the truth. Forgive us of our wrong choices, God. May each one of us come to you about those wrong choices and confess them. We ask for your forgiveness. And we pray that you help us. That we might repent. And turn from our wrong choices. And begin making the choices You want us to make. Because God, mankind has tried to make their their marriages better. And mankind can't. But you can. Mankind has tried to make their families better. And mankind can't. But you can. We've tried to make our society better. And God, we know we're messing it up. But you can. Help us today to hear truth. Because God, the choices each one of us make, if they're right, you know God, they lead us to the potential you intended. And if they're wrong, they bring about a great deal of destruction and hurt to our life. Help us, God, to hear truth today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So Luke 22, verse 47 is where we're going to start. Page 73 on those New Testaments. Let me encourage you, take one of those New Testaments. They're free. Bring them in. Use them, okay? 47 says, but even as Jesus said this, okay, a crowd approached. Now look what it says. Led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples. Okay? Now remember, Jesus chose Judas. Okay? Jesus chose Judas, and he gave Judas a great opportunity for three years to walk with him. Jesus knows these guys. He knows what they're like. Not too long ago, we talked about Peter. Peter made some wrong choices, and he betrayed Jesus. But Peter came back, and he repents. And we can look and see Peter's writings, and also his sorrow from the things he says in the book of 1 and 2 Peter. Peter made a wrong choice but the opportunity was given to him to make the right choice and he made it. Judas has been with Jesus for three years. He has walked with the God-man. That's who Jesus is. He's God and He's man. Judas has walked with this God-man. Judas has seen His power. Judas has heard His wisdom. Judas has seen Him in relationship with His enemies. Judas has heard Jesus offer love and forgiveness and mercy. Judas has watched Jesus with children. Judas has watched Jesus with women who men have mistreated. Jesus has watched, I mean Judas has watched Jesus with men who can't get it together. Judas has seen all this. He has witnessed the power of God on display before him. And yet, Judas is going to make the wrong choice. Why? And you can read much in theology, theological writings. Listen, I'm going to tell you simply: because he wanted to do his thing. That's what he wanted to do, his thing. And you and I understand that because that's when we make the wrong choices. Look at the second blank on your on your worship handout. If Judas had only made the correct choice, you see, it was his choice to make. And that's the freedom God gives you. Oh, my mom and dad's trying to control me. My pastor's trying to control me. God's trying to control me. No, I'm going to tell you. You aren't going to fool God. You can fool mom and dad. But you see, your choice is your choice to make. That's what God gives us in the sense of free will. He gives you the right to make a choice. This choice was Judas's. Satan will put us with people who will suggest to us to make those wrong choices and do our own thing. But we're the ones who decide to go to the party. We're the ones who decides to say, God, you're not going to be a high priority. I'm going to do what I want to do. These people are telling me how to do what I want to do. You see, the choice is yours to make. This was Judas' choice. We must understand that. Even though, listen, God knows because He knows all. He's, Jesus was not surprised what Judas was going to do. He was not surprised. Listen, I've been 40 years now as pastor, or over 40, I don't know. I figured up. And I'm not surprised that people who one day will be Sunday school teachers and deacons and lead team members and connect, uh, connect group leaders, people who volunteer and give themselves In another time, just pull completely away. You see, if I don't understand that, it could cause me to be demoralized. It could cause me to feel all alone. It could cause me to feel I'm a victim as a pastor. And yet, if I watch, God always brings others who make choices that are what God wants. You see... Jesus is not surprised that Judas makes the wrong choice. Look what Jesus had one of his prophets say over 500 years before. Look on the screen. Zechariah, 500 years earlier, said this. I told them, if you think it best, give me my pay, but if not, keep it. So they paid me 30 pieces of silver. That's the amount paid to Judas. They didn't pay Judas 29, they didn't pay him 31. 500 years later after Jesus had his prophet to say this cuz he's not going to be surprised they paid him 30 pieces of silver verse 13 and the lord said to me throw it to the potter the handsome price at which they priced me they priced the lord say 30 pieces that's what it only requires can you imagine how much does it require for you to sell out jesus a deer How much does it require for you to sell out Jesus? How much? A party? A drug? An emotion? How much? 30 pieces they priced me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. Now folks, I want you to understand, this is 500 years before. Man can't write this. Now, Now, whenever I was in the university, okay, there were people saying, and really, it was before the 1950s, but, and, and I was in the university in the 60s, but there were people who said, you know, you can't trust the Old Testament. Christians manipulated it. Because the oldest Old Testament copies we had were about 100 years old. And then in the 1900s, early 1900s to mid-1900s, with the, with the abundance of archaeological discovery, copies of the Old Testament manuscripts were found. Hundreds of years older. And see, what, they, what people were saying, educated people were saying, Christians within 100 years, because Jesus has been 2,000 years before, changed the Old Testament. But they found manuscripts older than Jesus. And basically, the Old Testament hadn't changed. Christians couldn't manipulated it. Why does God tell us this? Because God wants to get your attention and say, listen, I'm not surprised when things happen. See, we want to say, but if you're God, don't let bad things happen. God's trying to show us something about ourselves. In this case, He's trying to show us you make your own choice. But you won't surprise God. What you need to do is realize right now you can start making right choices. Matthew tells us. Look, look at the next screen. Look what Matthew says. He says, "When Judas, who had betrayed him—that's Jesus, okay—saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty silver coins." See, that was predicted over five hundred years earlier. To the chief priests and the elders, "I have sinned," he said, "for I betrayed innocent blood." What is that to us? They replied, "Look, look. You get you get high, and you hurt yourself and your family." Your friends are going to say that they're pulling it. What's that to us? If you don't come around, they'll try to get someone else. You make God a low priority because your friends say, "Come on, join us." It's a big deal. What's that to us? See, that's what that's what these guys are saying to to Judas. They replied in the verse four. That's your responsibility. So Jesus threw the money. I'm sorry. So Judas threw the money into the temple. Oh, predicted 500 years before. I'm going to tell you, we don't surprise God. You make the right choice as God's leading you, you're going to find your potential that God intends for you. You make the wrong choice because you want to do your own thing, listen to me, you're going to feel the inner emotional turmoil and you're going to hurt the very people you love. And in turn, you hurt yourself. That's why we have this. See, man couldn't have wrote this. This is God because He's trying to teach us something as we put it together. So, verse 5, so Judas threw the money into the temple and left, and then he went away and hanged himself. Wrong choices always bring destruction. Verse 6, the chief priest picked up the coins and said, now look what they said, it is against the law to put this into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy a potter's field. 500 years earlier, Zechariah said, that's what the money would be used for. See, it's predicted 500 years before as a burial place for foreigners. Jesus, being God, knew what was going to happen. He's not surprised. But I want you to understand, Judas made the choice. Look, look again. Look at the screen, Psalm. This is a thousand years before Jesus is going through this experience. Look what it says. Psalm 41 says, Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. Jesus is quoting this verse because look what the Gospel of John tells us. Look on the screen. John 13. Look what John tells us. Jesus said. He says, This fulfills the Scripture that says, The one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this, verse 19, I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, now this is why we have these 500 year, 1,000 year predictions. Now you'll make a choice whether to believe it or not. And your friends will say, it's all coincidence. But there's too much of it. There's too much of it. But intellectual people won't accept it because they don't want to change. And you see, I know some of you young folks are sharp. But you hang out with people who say, ah, don't believe that stuff. And they don't know anything about this stuff. Look what he says. I tell you this beforehand, so that when it happens, look at that verse 19, so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I am God. You see... When these guys were able to reflect on this, because they get frightened, they run, and they hide. his followers hide behind locked doors, but when they're able to reflect on it, they turn back to God and they wait for the Holy Spirit to work in their life. Because they put it all together and they say, you know what, that was God in our midst. Jesus is the God-man. He's the great I Am. That's the Old Testament expression, the Old Testament name for God. If you go to a connect group, and I don't know why any of you don't go to a connect group, but if you've been going to a connect group, you would have heard in this last series of lessons, last two or three lessons, about the great I Am. You see, because we try to tie this stuff together. And it's written so that we, that they and we would know Jesus is God. And He gives us, He approaches us through His Holy Spirit's presence. He approaches to us and He says, make the choice make the choice and we either make the correct choice or we make the incorrect choice now look back with me at Luke 22:47 okay it says Judas walked over he's bringing this crowd with him this would be roman soldiers and jewish temple guards that would be this crowd of people okay and probably some priest with him, okay, making sure this all goes right, okay. Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Now, the kiss in their time was a kind, affectionate greeting. It was saying, I consider you a friend. I welcome this relationship, okay. We today do it through bumping. We do it through handshake, but if you've watched the local news this winter, It says this is the worst thing for us to do. The best thing is this. Okay? The next best thing is this. High fives! Can you imagine a stranger walks in and we're all going like this and we're all going like that. (laughs) Strangest church I ever saw. But you know why we do that? Listen to me. Because we can make a choice. And people who are medically... Listen, knowledgeable tells us this is the worst thing you can do today during cold season. But you know, you're going to do your own thing, aren't you? I appreciate the smiles from some of you older folks. See, you know that's what we do. Well, anyway, this is an indication of kindness. Judas uses a kind experience to betray Jesus. And you know what Jesus is doing? Look, look, 40, uh, 47 goes on. Jesus walked oh, or Judas walked over. Jesus greeted him with a kiss, but Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Judas is asking, uh, Jesus is asking Judas a question. I wished it was Bob. That way I could say Jesus asking Bob. Jesus is asking Judas a question. He's saying, Judas, stop for a minute. Just, just step out of the situation. Look what you're doing. You're walking up to Me and you're saying, I'm your friend. I affectionately welcome you. He's saying, Judas, come on! I want you to step out I want you to look at what's going on. I want you to see what decision you're really making. And I'm going to tell you, that's what He does to you and I. That's what He's doing this morning. That's why in my prayer, I asked God twice and I asked that the Holy Spirit would particularly... Speak to our mind that you and I would hear the truth. Because you see, Jesus now is trying to say, step back and look at your situation. Look at the choices you make. You still are holding ill feelings toward brothers and sisters. And I'm going to tell you, the Bible says, you aren't a follower of Jesus Christ. If you hold ill feelings toward another follower of Jesus Christ, that's how plain the Bible is. I don't like that, do you? And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, right now the Holy Spirit's convicting you and you're going to say, God, I'm sorry that I hold ill feelings toward another follower of Jesus Christ. And I don't understand why older folks don't understand that because it breaks your heart when one of your kids hates one of your kids or holds ill feelings against one of your kids. You see, right now God is speaking to you about your choice. I'm just throwing out illustrations. And if I'm hitting you, if I'm stepping on your toes, you're saying, boy, I hope He gets done soon. But you see, if we, if we don't catch these things, what we do, we read this and we say, I know Judas betrayed Jesus, but we miss out what the Bible tells us about Judas. Why he did that. Why he gave up so much potential. You could have a great marriage if you would make the right choices and not do your own thing. You can have a great family if you will make the right choice that God wants and not do your own thing. We can have a tremendous church if we will make the right choices and, not do, what, and do what God wants and not do our own thing. That's the hard part. Not to do your own thing. That's the hard part. Not to do your own thing. And Jesus is trying to get Judas. Step back! You mean you would come and you would betray me? By doing what is denying what you really are doing? You're saying, I'm your friend. I'm affectionate toward you. Mm. And you may be here today and you may come to church every week. But you know you you betray the Lord. Because in the end, when, when this afternoon comes and this week comes, you're going to kick into your own thing. See, he's trying to get a step back and look at that. Oh, folks, do you think I write this sermon and I don't sorrow when I write it because I first look at my own life? Laura says to me, go study the Bible some more. You see, because she knows it changes me. Because I make wrong choices too. And I have to say to her, I'm sorry. I have to move then to the right choice. Jesus is just trying to get us like He was trying to get Judas step back and look what's going on. Look, 49, look what it says. When the other disciples saw what was about to happen... You see, they don't even know what's going on. And I'm sorry to say, some of you are going to leave here and this sermon is not going to even touch you one bit. Because you have decided it's not you. So, they saw what was about to happen and they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? Or should we take this into our own hands, our own power? And we bought the swords. And I'm going to tell you, now let me stop for a minute. If you have somebody who's trying to Suggest to you to make the right choice that God wants you to make, and it's against doing your own thing. You might as well pull the sword out and cut your head off for a second. Are you following with me? It happens: to kids to parents, mates to mates, parents to kids, working with people at work. But anyway, they say, "Lord, should we fight?" We brought the swords, and one of them struck at the high priest, slave, slashing off his right ear. In the Gospel of John, the 18th chapter, 10th verse, we're told that this person is Peter. This is Peter. Now listen to me. You see, Peter's caught up. I'm going to do what I want to do. And in just a little bit, Peter's going to move to denying Jesus. Are you following with me? Wrong choices tend to lead to wrong choices. I don't even have time to talk about that. Wrong choices tend to lead to wrong choices. And when we make wrong choices, you know they're wrong choices. Because listen, they throw you into a great emotional turmoil inside and you end up hurting the people you love. And in the end, you hurt yourself. Well, look, what Jesus says 51, but Jesus said no more of this. And Jesus shows them something to do when wrong choices are made. And He touched the man's ear and He healed him. They were mistreating Jesus and Jesus helps them. They came to hurt Jesus and Jesus helps them. They ignored Jesus as the Messiah and Jesus helps them. And I want you to know Jesus is the same today. He reaches out to you and I who make wrong choices for one reason. He wants to help us. Because you see, our Creator loves us so much. You give up. You might say, boy, I can't stay with it. But God never gives up on you. You do your own thing, so you make the wrong choices. But God doesn't give up on you. Until the day you die, He's going to keep talking to you. And I believe this through my experience, and I don't have time to tell you it. In Missouri, in the hospital, when I worked six months as an assistant chaplain, I believe even if you go into a coma, God doesn't give up on you. And I give you a testimony You know why God doesn't give up on you? Because He loves you that much. You know why I don't quit? Some of you don't like some of the things I say. You know why I don't quit saying those? Because you see, if God loves you, I love you. And I try to identify with these so you don't think I'm standing in judgment. You know why your mate doesn't give up on you? You know why your parents don't give up on you? Do you know why your brother and sister don't give up on you? Do you know why other Christians don't give up on you? Because if they know God's love, they are just seeking to share that love with you. All Jesus did in the midst of this is He tried to help him. He's the one that says, "People misuse you, you love them. People despitefully use you, then you bless them. People curse you. I mean, they say things about you that's terrible. You pray for them. And we see in the heat of this experience, with what Judas is doing toward Jesus and these other people I mean, Jesus is all alone in this folks. He's helping. Look at 52. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priests, the captains of the temple guard, and the elders who had come with him. Now, remember what I told you? He did to Judas. He says, Judas, you betray me with a kiss. I want you to step back and I want you to look at what you're doing. This, This don't make sense. The way you're doing this, Judas. Look what he does with these guys. And I would recommend, after that word had come for him, you underline the next five words because it's very important you remember the next five words when you are encountered about your choices. It says, Am I some dangerous revolutionary? Jesus is saying to these people, I want you to step back. Am I a troublemaker? Am I really a person that wants to ruin your life? Now, they don't like Jesus because Jesus, when He speaks, He asks them to do what? Anybody know what that C word is? What was it? Say it. Change. That's why they don't like Him. But that doesn't make him a troublemaker. That doesn't make him a revolutionary. He's asking them to change. And so Jesus says, I want you guys to step back and look. Am I a revolutionary? Am I a troublemaker to your life, He asked? That you come with swords and clubs to arrest Me? Am I dangerous to you? And you know what? People who come into an experience like this, and they hear the Spirit of God speak to them, they say, uh-oh, God wants me to change. I'm not coming back. I don't want." They say to their parents, when their parents, God is using their parents, I don't want to talk about that anymore. They say to their meat, you're just going to make me mad. And what Jesus wants us to do is step back and say, is what the Holy Spirit of God trying to help you understand about your choices, is that really a troublemaker's position? Is God being a troublemaker? And He's not. You see, He knows the potential for you. And He wants you to reach it. But you've got to quit doing your own thing. And that's hard. I'm going to tell you what. Listen, Dad. You do your own thing. One day you're going to look your boy in the eye or he's going to look you in the eye and you're going to know he's doing wrong but he's going to do his own thing. You are right there. Find your closet in your house. Fall on your knees. Say, God, I'm going to start doing your thing because I don't care how old you are right now. I'm going to stop because my kid's being just like me. And mom, you do your own thing, and one day your daughter's going to grow up and look you right in the eye, and you're going to know she's doing the wrong thing, and she's going to look at you, and she's going to say, I'm going to do my own thing. You ought to go find your prayer closet. You ought to fall on your knees. You ought to fall flat face down and cry before the Lord. Weep and say, God, I repent. See, we don't put the two and two together. I'm asking you, step back. Look at your life. That's all Jesus said to Judas. That's all Jesus is saying to these religious guys. I mean, they say they love God. They do. They love God. But they don't hear it God's way. It's become their own thing. And that's what tradition does to us. Look what he says, 53. Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? How come you didn't do this in public? I was there every day. But this is your moment. The time when the power of darkness reigns. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, how come? How come whenever I'm in public and when it's daylight you don't do this? Why do you wait until we're just a small band of people and it's darkness? And I'm going to tell you, often, often, wrong choices are made in the midst of darkness. I don't know if I have enough money. That's pretty dark. I'm, I'm tempted to To not be faithful. That's dark. You know, I'm really, I'm really angry. Because that person did this. That's darkness. Satan always is finding us in the darkness. Because he wants to get us to do our own thing and make the wrong choices. And Jesus is just telling him, Step back, look at this. How come you're doing it now? Uh, how come, yeah? How, 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 come, how come you religious leaders didn't do this when He was in the temple? How come you didn't do this in the day? You know, I wondered why we were doing this tonight. Matter of fact, I stumbled over that branch coming down the path. Why didn't we do this when we... See, Jesus Just trying to get him to look. And I'm trying to get you to look. Look, darkness of finances. Well, why is it darkness of finances? Because I'm a victim. I don't make enough money. But do you even budget money? No. Oh, darkness. <laughs> Why, why are you going to cheat? Darkness of being unfaithful. Why are you going to do that? Because I'm full of emotional feelings. It says I want to give myself to somebody I shouldn't give myself to. That's darkness. Find somebody who would talk with you about God's position. See, whatever it is, all Jesus is trying to do through this Scripture is make us realize He told Judas, step back. Look how you're doing this. All He's saying to these religious people, come on, step back. Look what you're doing. Look at the next blank on your worship handout. They did not like Jesus because He called them to change. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't like what I'm saying, it's because the Holy Spirit's calling you to change. See, because I've not asked you to do anything for me. Because I could be manipulative and ask for you to do things for me. If I ask you to do something for me, you can be sure you look at my life, unless I'm caught up in a season of sin, and that can happen to anybody, You'll see me giving myself for others, and all I'm trying to do is mobilize you to serve God. See, they didn't like Jesus because all he was doing was calling them to change. That's it. See, some stop listening to what the Bible says because they don't want to change. Some don't want to hear the preacher anymore because they don't want to change. Some don't want to go to Connect group anymore because they don't want to change. See, we'll find all our reasons, but we just don't want to change. Some just stop coming to church because they don't want to change. Be careful of wrong choices. Be careful of wrong choices, listen, that lead to remorse. You hear me? Well, I'm sorry, I made the wrong choice, but does not lead to repentance. Did you hear me? Be careful of wrong choices that leads to remorse, but not repentance. Be careful of wrong choices that lead to feeling bad, but does not lead to going in the direction Jesus would want you to go in. Be careful of wrong choices that cause discouragement. Because wrong choices will, but does not cause you to desire to live and love like Jesus. Be careful of wrong choices that bring about depression, depression and despair, but not determination. I'm going to find some people of God and I'm going to share and I'm going to learn see, because there's a lot of people who have remorse. And there's a lot of people who have bad feelings. And there's a lot of people who are discouraged. And there's a lot of people who feel depression and despair. But you see, they never turn to make the choice to be determined to do what God wants in their life and to live in love like Jesus. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you're there right now. You're there right now. You've made wrong choices. And you're probably trying to blame somebody else because the pain continues. It's time, it's time that you make the choice to follow Jesus. You do the right thing. You be accountable for your wrong choice. You man up or woman up. You be accountable. You face the fire. But you be accountable. You talk to God. You be accountable. You repent. You confess. You be accountable. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Judas had been on the, road, on the road with Jesus for three years. Judas had all this opportunity. And he had a God-blessed future ahead of him. You know what? If Judas would have just made the right choice... Now listen, somebody says, but we all make mistakes. I told you, when we looked at the passage on Peter, Peter made the wrong choice. And I already told you, here, he cut off this guy's hair. Jesus doesn't want swords. And Je- Peter betrayed Jesus. But Peter... Realized remorse. And Peter repented. And Peter became a follower. Judas had a great, great potential future ahead of him. He would become known. Listen, like the other eleven, he would become known. A disciple of Jesus Christ. He would be labeled by the early followers one of the twelve apostles of Jesus Christ. He would have been said of the people who loved God, this man is a servant of Jesus Christ. That was his potential. That's what you feel sometimes. You see, it's not about playing an instrument. It's not about singing a song. It's not about fixing coffee. It's not about making popcorn. It's not about going out and helping people fall down. I hope any of you that almost fell down will say a hundred times to the person to help you, thank you for helping me. It's not all about doing those things. It's all about that's what God wants me to do. Because if it's all about that's my thing, you're going to quit. You're going to move it on to somewhere else. Judas had all this potential. And he gave it up. The Bible says because he decided to do his own thing. If I had time, I could take you to Luke 6.16. Judas is called a traitor, not a disciple. I could take you to Matthew 14.42. Judas is called a betrayer, not an apostle. I could take you to another gospel, the gospel of John 17, 12, and Judas is, it's said of Judas, he's headed for destruction. He's not headed to be a servant of God. See, you have the choice. (laughs) You can tell me you're too busy in this world. That's your own thing. All of us are too busy. We don't know how to slow down. We know how to say no to God. We don't know how to say no to the world or to our family. But we know how to say no to God. And many of us are making wrong choices and we aren't reaching our potential, but instead, we are finding what we do not like. Because wrong choices, listen, when we make wrong choices, they create inner turmoil. Listen, inner turmoil that ends up causing us to hurt the people we love and then in turn hurt ourselves. Look on the screen. This is written 60 years after Jesus. I want you to look at this. This is written to Christian people who, like you and I, make wrong choices and right choices throughout life. Okay? This is what John said. Okay? John's the last living apostle when he writes this. The others are dead. This is how we've come to understand. Look what he says. This is how we come to understand and experience love. All I want is love in this world. I want the love of my significant other, Laura. I want the love of my children. I want the love of God. I want the love of you. See? That's all I want. And so John wrote, this is, what, this is how we've come to understand and experience love. We look at Jesus Christ. He says, Christ sacrificed His life for us. Now he says, because we understand love is giving up your life, he says, look what he says. Now look, please look. Some of you aren't looking because you don't want to see this. This is why we, see Christians, followers, ought to live sacrificially. For whom? Not Not for my blood son and daughter. Not for my blood parents. Jesus already talked about that. We looked at that. He says, if the love for your blood people isn't like hate compared to your love for Christ, you are not His follower. This is not cheap grace. Look, he says, this is why we ought to live sacrificially for our fellow believers and not just be out for ourselves. This is why people fix coffee when you never fix coffee. This is why people fix popcorn when you never fix popcorn. This is why people take care of your children when you won't take care of children. This is why people play instruments when you have the ability but you refuse to play instruments. This is why people go out of their way to come here early and get this prepared so you can walk in safely when you think, why should I come early? Why should I give up my day? You see, this is 60 years after. And John is saying, we've come to understand what real love is. It's what Christ did. It's sacrificing yourself. And so we ought to sacrifice ourselves for brothers and sisters in the Lord. Look, you ought to say to other Christians, you go first through the door. You take the best parking places. You have the last bag of popcorn. Kids, stop. Ma'am, you go ahead. We ought to teach our children to sacrifice for believers, I wish my kids were in attendance, but they all live somewhere else. So they could hear you that their mom and dad taught them from two and three years of age. But they are to sacrifice what they want for the people who teach them, they are to sacrifice what they want for the people. Listen, it moved into grade school and they were in sports and they'd take their trips and we'd give them extra money and we'd say, now you bring that ten dollars back to us, but if somebody on your trip, you guys just happen to stop for ice cream and you don't have it, they you didn't know that, or they blew their money at the zoo, you buy them the ice cream, and you just explain that to us. We always try to teach them the sacrifice. And in the church, what kind of church would connection be if you men. And you women, and you young people, you come, enjoy the environment, take what other believers want to give you, but you sacrifice yourself for those believers. That's what John says we have learned what love is. We look at Judas and we see his wrong choices and he missed out on his potential because he did his own thing. And my sadness comes because some of you are going to hear what I say and the Spirit has spoken to you and you're going to miss your potential. You're you're 12 and you're 18 and you're 23 and you're 38 and you're 75. And you're going to miss out on your potential. Because you're going to do your own thing not the right thing. So what should we start doing? Well, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a, a revolution. Is that what we call it? New Year's revolution? What do we call it? Oh, I'm going to make a resolution. I knew what I was talking about. just want to make sure you're awake. So we're going to make a, a new revol- resolution. I'm going to make all right choices from now on. You think you can do that? I can't. I've got to spend time with God. So let me challenge you to make a resolution. Look at the last blank on your worship handout. Start. Start doing things that show selfless love acts toward God's people. I'm not telling you go out in the world and meet total strangers. I'm telling you just what John said, they learned what love is. Because if the church people can't learn, Christian followers can't learn to do it to Christian followers, they'll never do it out there. You'll do it to your family. You'll go out of your way. If your kids call you and say, Grandpa, Grandma, Mom, Dad, I need you. It don't make any difference. Middle of the night, you get up. But when God needs you, so start doing things that show selfless love. Acts toward God's people. Not toward Mike Davis, except that I'm one of God's people. Toward God's people. Become a servant like Jesus. Discover the road to recovery from self to servant. That's what I challenge you with from this example of Judas and wrong and right choices. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You want to get away. You want to get away from the pain that you're experiencing from your wrong choices. Here you go. Based upon what John said in 1 John. Start doing these things. Don't just walk in here. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do for God's people? You see, it's time we make right choices, listen to me, and we demonstrate those right choices in the relationship with God's family. You see, we demonstrate. It's easy to say, I'm a child of God. I'm in the family of God. I'm a Christian, Jesus, Lord. But my actions demonstrate. And it's our actions to demonstrate that He's Lord. What we're going to do at this time, listen, we're going to take the elements of face down. We're going to take the bread, and we're going to take the juice. Okay? And those, when we take those into our body, the Bible says we are to be understanding how Jesus gave himself for us. That we proclaim that to the world that we understand how Jesus has given himself to us by taking those elements and we recommit ourselves to live like Jesus, to love like Jesus. That's why, listen, the only two church-type actions that are definite in the Scriptures are called ordinances. Is that when you become a follower of Jesus, you are to be baptized. And there's people today, adults who claim to be Jesus, they're never going to be baptized. They're going to do their own thing. But Jesus said to do. And the other is, He said, take the elements. Whether you call it Lord's Supper, Whether you call it communion, whether you call it Eucharist, or whether as we call it, face down. Because I want us to understand, when you get in line to take these elements, the value is not to be in line and take the bread and dip it in the juice and eat it. The value is that before God, you fall in your mind, face down. And say, Father, a lot of wrong choices, and I'm sorry. Forgive me, I'm going to sacrifice myself like Jesus. And see, we need to be reminded of that again and again. That's why Jesus says we are taken again and again and again. I'd like those who are going to serve to take your position. Let me explain. We're going to have three areas. We'll have a couple here, a couple back here, and a couple back there. What you do, if you want to take the elements, it's for believers. Okay? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we invite you to take it if you want to. Okay? But you just come, you just tear off a piece of bread, dip it in the grape juice, eat it here, take it back to your seat, but in your mind, converse with God about your choice and what He wants you to do. I invite you to demonstrate that Jesus is Lord through the act of face down. You come when you're ready. Do we have any questions, Christine? Okay. Thank you for you who serve. If you ever wonder who serves, we, you know, some churches, it can only be deacons. We don't have any policy that it has to be any certain person. And I just ask different people. Uh, normally, during the week, uh, matter of fact, I've got all my names for 2014. If I put you on my word processor, you'd see. But I just look through the names of people I have on email addresses because I send them emails. And... Uh, and so if, if you ever thought, boy, I, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'd like to serve face down, you just got to get me your email address and let me get you on my file because it's during the week and it's high contact. But it's just people like you and I. You know, I thank the Bouldries for serving me this morning. And I think it's a privilege to serve God's body, body face down and so if you're interested, you just got to give me your email. Write it on that connection card, your name, and put it back there, okay? Hey, let's bow together for prayer and then we're finally finished. Father, thank You. Thank You for Jesus. Thank You for His choice to sacrifice for us. And Father, help us that we might learn from His example. how You want us to live. To sacrifice. Help us, God. To see those opportunities to sacrifice for Your people and then for the world at large. Father, may we step back. Help us to be honest. May we step back. Help us to see the truth about ourselves. God, we need your Spirit's power to help us make right choices in our lives. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen.